Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you the everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. And you can easily make money from your own from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm sparkly. I'm bubbly. And together, we're Mineraqua. The fresh, sparkling water for those who are bubbling over with life and crave new experiences. Are you thirsty for adventure, more laughs, and more excitement? With Mineraqua in hand, it's easy to live life with sparkle. Just look for the glass bottles with tiny bubbles wrapped in blue. And you'll taste and feel the difference of Mineragua sparkling water. Get your fizz. Streaming only on Peacock. What do you know about Dr. Dunch? He was charming, intelligent. My patients mean everything to me. Based on the unbelievable true story. I can't make sense of it. Dunch has two deaths that we know of. The state of Texas has executed people for less. It's like he knew what he was supposed to do. Then he did the exact opposite. Dr. Death. Starring Joshua Jackson with Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin. I am going to fix you. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. All right, the podcast is live. They still haven't went. Uh, well, for the podcast listeners, welcome to Talking the Culture War, episode forty-one. I'm your host, and talking the culture war today, and Derek Chauvin verdict. Because, and we're gonna do the verdict live. Because uh, they're gonna announce that verdict today. I'm your host, Baki the Hammer, aka Frankie. Happy 420. Let's not let people ride in the streets. Give them a joint, a blunt, a bong hit. People are going to talk about what the what their facts are and what their biases are in this case, but it looks plain and simple. If you've ever done drugs or you've been around drug addicts, it looks like you died from a drug overdose. The left wasn't really hurrahing this case. They really weren't. They had no hurrah in this case whatsoever. I can't believe this verdict is on 420. That This is going to be pretty crazy, man. Instead, seriously, instead of people riding in the street, give them a joint, give them a blunt, celebrate 420. It's legal in New York now. Give all the Black Lives Matter members a joint, a blunt. Give them something to smoke. And to show you that we're going to have it live, I got it right here, right here. Okay, everybody? We're, we're, this verdict is going to be announced live. Very soon. So we're going to have this live, this live verdict. Fuck the Washington Post. You come watch my channel. And you don't have to hear their propaganda about anything. Alright? So, let's let's get this shit going. But we're not showing what they have to say because it doesn't matter what they say. 
doesn't matter what the mainstream media says. It matters what this verdict is going to be and what the jury says what this verdict is going to be. Because the Washington Post and Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all them, they can say what they want. They can say what they want, but it's all full of shit. Because they're always full of shit. They always lie, the mainstream media. They always lie. And you know what? You know why they always lie? They lied about the Iraq War. They lied about so many things. They lied about 9/11. They lied about so many things. The mainstream media. They always lie. They lie to divide us. That's what they do. And that's exactly what they do. And they've been doing it. They've been doing it. And and we're gonna we're gonna watch this live together, this this Derek Chauvin verdict, this this the this final verdict. This is gonna be major, everybody. And this is on 420 of all fucking things, man. On all things, we got bong hits set up. We have wax in the vape. We have oil pens. We have THC powder. Drink. It's called True Powder. I have my medical marijuana card, so this is all legal for me to do. True leave, true powder, lemon flavor. Shit is really good. This is major. This is major. They're saying, oh, we're just going to go home after this. What about all the other people? We need to give them joints and, and blunts and calm them down. Today is 420. This is National Pot Smoking Day. Okay, let's take a bong rip. It's 420. Instead of going out to the streets, you should be taking a bong rip. Instead of getting angry. Today is 420. Happy 420. Take a joint. Eat some edibles or something. Relax. But no, they're going to say it's police brutality. Listen, if the guy died from an overdose, if that happens to be... If that happens to be, then you got to just let it go. Well, people are not going to let it go. We got we to gotta see. This is pretty major, man. This is really, really major. I'm going to have to, I, I'll, if I have to do a part two, I'll do a part two, man. Yeah. This is this is very very sudden. Very very sudden. They know it. 
And they said it was going to be in the next couple of days. Sticks, Hex, and Hammer was right again. They said it would be in the next couple of days. That's what they said, man. That's what they said, man. That's what they said. It's time to go. It's it's time. It's time for the final verdict. This is gonna be a big, big thing. I mean, I just don't want to play the Washington Post right now because it's ridiculous. I don't really want to play them, but yeah, it's it's, it's gonna the verdict to be announced in Derek Chauvin's trial. If we move this out of the way, oh. Derek Chauvin putting his knee on George Floyd and explaining that that totality of circumstance, all the reasons that he kind of might have been doing what he did. Obviously, Chauvin himself chose not to testify, uh, using his constitutional right to do so, uh, but he didn't give his version of events. Instead, his lawyer tried to raise reasonable doubt, and uh, and and so the I think the jurors, obviously, you know, everyone. I forgot. I don't stream on YouTube video, anymore. That's why you heard Eric Nelson say it was terrible, but that's why the the second degree murder is, is significant because it's did he intend to commit an assault uh, of George Floyd when he was kneeling on him, or did he think he was following his training? And James, he doesn't have to have intended to kill him, exactly. but intended to commit an assault. Exactly. Well, as James mentioned, one of the striking points of this trial was the number of police officers who testified for the prosecution. Let's watch. Once the subject is handcuffed and no longer resisting, yes, at that point uh, the restraint should stop. Yeah. A neck restraint is compressing one or both sides of the neck using an arm or leg. But what we train is using uh, one arm or two arm to do a, a neck restraint. And how does this differ? I don't know what kind of improvised position that is. So that's not what we train. If your knee is on a person's neck, that can kill them. I absolutely agree that violates our policy. Let's go to Eugene Scott uh, for a reflection on that. Hearing from the police, police chief himself, uh, Chief Arandondo, was especially significant, James. Well, I got to go to Odyssey for a second. This was powerful testimony. To see that blue wall crack, really. And not just crack, but to, to fully, uh, you know, give evidence that they believe this was not appropriate behavior and was not part of the training and was not the values, frankly, of the department. How significant was that? Quite, considering how historically when uh, law enforcement officers have uh, been on trial for uh, violent acts, specifically against black people, many other law enforcement, have come, law enforcement officers have come to their defense uh, trying to provide reasons to justify the behavior. But I think what we saw last year, uh, in the weeks, uh, months even, following the death of 
uh, George Floyd was uh, protest from all corners of society, including many of those that have long been uh, very supportive and sympathetic to law enforcement that have challenged some police officers to be introspective and to say what we have is a real public relations problem with the people that we are meant to serve. And if we do not hear uh, many of their complaints and concerns, uh, we're going to continue to have this problem and it's going to to get worse in ways that we cannot uh, control. And so let's step back and deny that and willing to go forward to say that this is not how we respond to the people that we've taken an oath to serve and we don't want this to become the new normal. Let's bring Rhonda Colvin into the conversation who's been watching every day, every hour of this trial. Um, Rhonda, what's on your mind now as we prepare to hear the jury read the verdict? Well, just to follow up on those great points that Eugene just made. Guilty on all, oh, this is uh, Nitrous Nine. Thanks for comment, Nitrous Nine. Guilty on all charges, overturned by SCOTUS because of Max Waters, reconvicted again in two years on the same crime. Now, I, th I, I think it's going to be an overdose. Derek Chauvin uh, went rogue, essentially. He went against the protocol. And hearing the chorus that the state lined up of witnesses who could attest... But you're right, Maxine Waters could definitely screwed this up big time. Administer to a person who, and for a judge uh, to say that, to invoke that, that's pretty that crazy. Incredibly stunning, and it was also a bit unprecedented. Um, now, about today's verdict that we're awaiting for, uh, I, again, this is historical because... Uh, over the weekend, I was researching what are comparable cases that uh, were similar to this one. And a lot of people have talked about Thank you for commenting, Nitrosine. happened about 30 years ago this year. And that jury took about uh, seven days. And then I looked up the Philando Castile uh, arrest and killing. And that jury took about five days as well. So it seems like the norm in these cases is often a week. But the fact that we are here less than 24 hours after uh, both sides closed yesterday, it's really astonishing. Mm. For those of you who are just joining us, we are watching the Hennepin County Courthouse where momentarily the jury will announce its verdict. And the jury is deciding whether Derek Chauvin will be found guilty on any of the three charges he faces in killing George Floyd. The charges are second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Um, let's go to Mary Beth Albright uh, for some context on the differences between those. You know, Mary Beth, we thought we might get jury notes as they tried to sort of distinguish uh, between these charges and the severity of them. Um, uh, as you mentioned, the prosecution put up like a flow chart yesterday, um, which really is the judge's instructions that the jury must follow. But the prosecution gave this guide of if you find A and B and C and D, then uh, Derek Chauvin is guilty. Uh, so let's talk about the process that could be going on behind the scenes with the jury because there's so much we don't know. We don't know who the four person is. We don't know how they organize themselves. You know, what are you thinking about as you weigh their process? Yeah, Libby, and don't underestimate the power of an organized flowchart when you're faced with two weeks of extremely emotional testimony. And this is not in any way to... Um, to belittle any of the work of the jury. I'm just saying that when you're faced with mounds and mounds of testimony and weeks of your notes and weeks of 11 other jurors' notes, 
to be able to have something in front of you that's a chart that you can check off, that's organized by someone else that actually coordinates with judges' instructions, um, I, I have found before ha, is, is a very helpful tool um, for people. If you just think of it in terms of human nature, in terms of processing information, in terms of processing emotional information. So for example, I'm holding here in my hand, this is the complaint against Derek Chauvin. It, it's, it's not very long, but it's just a lot of words <laughs> written in prose, right? As opposed to the prosecution's chart that just had, here's the first element, here's the second element, here's the third element, and here's what you need to prove. And so um, the way, you know, first degree murder versus second degree murder versus third degree murder, those are degrees of culpability that we in society have decided, um, you know, first degree murder is, for lack of a better term, the worst kind of murder, right? Um, and that's why we're separating second degree murder is a murder that happens when you intend to assault someone. You don't intend to kill them, but you are intending to do bodily harm to them. And in the process, you wind up killing them. And so that's why that carries a higher charge because we as a society have decided that that crime, that that homicide carries a higher um, level of culpability, moral culpability. And we want that person to pay a higher debt to society than say murder in the third degree which is, I'm, I'm looking for the term that the judge used, um, that it could, uh, that, that the person may not have intended it, but a reasonable person could have foreseen that their actions would have called, caused bodily harm. They didn't intend it, but a reasonable person could have seen that, foreseen that those actions would have. So um, to be able to see those differences, uh, I, I think might have been helpful to, to a human being who's trying to process all this information. And then of course, the difference between murder and manslaughter is also a level of moral culpability um, in the law. So um, those differences may have been helpful to the jury. Mm. Mary Beth, I do want to ask you about like uh, choosing a four-person in that process. We'll talk about the, the jurors in, in more depth in a moment, but that's something that the jury has to figure out for themselves. Um, and so uh, that in itself may reveal a little bit about their process, right? Did they choose the woman who was a nurse, for example? Did they take someone who was older or younger? Um, you know, who did they find to be their leader and their voice in this process? Sure. And, you know, is it the first person who steps up and says, I'll do it? Because... Um, Sometimes you want that person, sometimes you don't, right? Uh, sometimes you want the person who doesn't step up and say, I will be the leader of the four person. And so that's why, um, you know, the, the other, other people um, who, who have been commentating have said this, and I think it's true. That's why it's surprising that, as Rhonda noted, it, it's fewer than 24 hours um, since, you know, we last heard from Judge Cahill and we have a verdict. Um, and it's just, it, it's it, to, to be able to even choose a four person um, among 12 people in such an emotional case uh, in such a short time, um, you know, it, I, it, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's unusual, as Rhonda noted, given the history of cases like this. Keith, let's talk about what happens next if Derek Chauvin is found guilty, because even yesterday, as court was winding... Okay, so not sure they think like they think like 
this is gonna definitely be like a guilty verdict, without a doubt. They're very um very sure of it. It's pretty weird. Pretty weird, man. You know what I'm saying? They're pretty sure of it that this is gonna be like a guilty verdict. Yeah, man. This is gonna be like... Well, right now it's like pretty historic thing because they, people have been making a big fucking deal about this. For sure. People have been making a big deal about this. Without a doubt. Let's see what happens, you know? Because people, people wanted to, you know... Make a big stint about this and all this stuff, man. So let's see if this guy is guilty or not. Comes down to right now whether he is guilty or not. Yeah, I mean, I would think people want to watch me over the mainstream media, you know, and their fucking bullshit lies. Like, you kind of hear them in the background, I know. I have them on my, um, on my TV, on my Amazon Fire Stick. So I could, I could hear them pretty well. But we'll see, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. This is pretty major. Oh, what do, you, what do you think, man? What do you people think? What's gonna happen? What do, what do all you people? What do you three people think? What's gonna happen with this verdict? the national profile of this situation. Yeah, Libby, and it's so national profile that the White House has just advised that they are canceling a speech that President Biden was supposed to deliver this year. Wow, so this is pretty fucking huge. Jobs and his infrastructure plan. This is really this huge. Is, is sucking up all of, not just the, you know, the 
political oxygen, but the kind of the national conversation is so focused on it. Earlier, President Biden said that he thought the over evidence was overwhelming. He said he waited to call the Floyd family until after the jury had been sequestered to express sympathy to them. Last year, he actually flew to Houston. He didn't attend George Floyd's funeral because there were some security concerns, but he met uh, with Floyd's daughter. And, uh, and it was an important part of his If you're on Instagram. In, uh, in the fall, saying that he... If you're on Instagram, I'm not going to be able to see your comments. You have to go to the other platforms to be able to comment so I can see your comments. Instagram, I'm not going to be able to see anything that you comment. Uh, how George H.W. Bush responded. You're going to be talking amongst yourselves on Instagram. Ruling, and, and he used very harsh language. In that case, the jury acquitted the officers who had beat Rodney King. Uh, and so it, it's a big leadership test for him. It's a big leadership test on Capitol Hill, where uh, right now, as we're speaking, the House is actually voting on uh, tabling a censure resolution that was introduced by Republicans against Maxine Waters, who flew to Minnesota over the weekend. Spoken Ooh, Brooklyn Auntie Park, Maxine's in trouble. Uh, was, was killed by police uh, last weekend and uh, basically said there, you know, people should I mean, they're fight if there's not uh, a guilty verdict here. Obviously, Judge Cahill was upset about that. Uh, but uh, it, it They're admitting it that she literally said it. How engaged so many people, especially on the Democratic side, are by this case. And it's been pretty striking to see Democrats really defend her, not speak out against her. There's going to be a party line vote. They'll vote to table the uh, the motion to censure her. But it's a reflection of how much wow. this trial is dominating the conversation at the White House and on Capitol Hill. All right. Let's go to Hannah Jewell, who is live outside of the Hennepin County Courthouse. Hannah. Hi, Libby. I'm here with Amber and Patty. Wow, there's people outside already. Who were here the moment that they heard that the verdict came out and are feeling very nervous, they told me. Amber, how are you feeling? I'm nervous. I'm nervous, yes. But hopeful. I'm hopeful. You wow. You've lived in Minneapolis for 25 years, and, and do you feel that today is different, this case is different? Absolutely. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. How, and, and you were telling me before how emotionally you were feeling, Patty. How, how, describe that feeling and what it means to Minneapolis and, and to the country. Um, it is sickening. Um, I'm very hopeful. Uh, we have a good mixed jury it means everything to the country because we have lived in this horrible just stuck mud without recognizing african americans black people and their history and they are american and we are all american it is the american story and it's who's going to come visit the usa if if we can't if we can't make peace at home who, who, why would anybody come to us? Why would anybody shop here? Why would anybody But people still do come here. If we don't get our stuff together, because this has gone on for 400 years, uh, reparations need to be made. What is this chick talking about? It is... Um, reparations? What does this have to do with any of this? This has gone on for so long. How... how realities half the reality of this country has been denied for so long and they need to be realized and bro give this chick a, jo a joint her anxiety is up up to the start somebody give this chick a joint 
Happy 420. Sorry, I have to cut you off. Back to you, Libby. Thank you so much, ladies. All right. Thank you, Hannah. And to uh, Hannah's guest's point, she talked about the jury and how this is actually a diverse jury, especially considering the demographics of the area it's coming from. Of those 12 jurors seated in the case, there is one black woman, there's three black men, two multiracial women, two white men, and four white women. <coughs> Let's look at the age uh, brackets here. Two jurors are in their 20s, three are in their 30s, three are in their 40s, <coughs> in their 50s, and one is in her 60s. Now, Hennepin County, Minneapolis <coughs> is located, is 74% white, according to Census Bureau data. So, Rhonda, let's go to you for <coughs> on this jury, because uh, you and I listened through that entire process, which took a couple of weeks, as... Uh, as uh, both the defense and prosecution and, of course, the judge combed through those jurors. It's a process that began months ago as they received a questionnaire, Rhonda, back in December. Let's talk about the people who are on this jury. Right, and the poll was about 300 potential jurors that they had to question uh, and, and interview as a part of the process to pick this jury. Um, I have been stunned the whole time of how much of a, a diverse group this is, especially when you consider those demographics in Hennepin County. And, and a lot of people were worried about if that, that pool in Hennepin County would be able to produce a diverse jury, and it indeed did. And uh, you just went down the metrics. And, Sorry about that, and folks. One of the that has 420 cough. Is the presence of young people on there. You have uh, almost half are in their 20s and 30s. So those are millennials. Those may even be some Gen Zs, depending on those people in there, where they're at in their 20s. Yep. But that was the guy <coughs> out in the streets all over this nation and all over this world um, talking about police reform, talking about uh, Black Lives Matter. So you wonder uh, if even if those jurors may not have felt <coughs> So if you have young people on the jury... Yeah, and millennial. <coughs> the powder got me good. You have young people on the jury. On the jury. So, if you have young people that are millennials like me, look, it's, it's going to be a very different story how this trial goes. And it's a very diverse jury. So, I think this is, we got to see where this goes. This is really major. Reform because they've been looking at Minneapolis and they uh, don't necessarily want those issues coming to their town. Rhonda, you know, it was fascinating to hear the jury as it was being screened because um, some of them had seen clips of the video or seen it on the news. And by video, I mean that original bystander video that just, you know, riveted and horrified the nation as, as, uh, as we <coughs> saw George Floyd die before our eyes. Um, you know, they weren't. The, it was the jury pool, the people who said they'd watch it like over and over again, they weren't Death picked, is horrifying. Right? because, of course, both sides got a chance to, to sort of bounce some of the prospective jurors. Um, but, but one of the men, a black man who's an immigrant who came to the United States, uh, rather came to uh, the Minnesota area more than a decade ago, uh, said to his wife, you know, that video could have been anyone, you, me, or anyone else. Um, so there was some personal connection that jurors revealed 
with George Floyd, but we also heard a lot of openness. Absolutely, could have been Derek Chauvin's perspective, Rhonda. We heard openness to, to wanting to learn about the training that he had received. We got a sense of the questions they were, frankly, going in with uh, before they were even seated on the jury. Right, and, and that's exactly what I mean by they seemed that they wanted to be a part of this process. They wanted to be able to put down their knowledge that they had gained throughout a whole year before this trial even began, uh, put that away and, and look at the evidence that came in front of them. So they all did state that in some way, uh, shape or form. Um, one person that stood out to me was uh, the 20 year olds, the 20 year old white man. He's the only person among the 12 who said he did not see the video. So the 20 year old white man, why does you have to identify him as a 21 year old white man? Um, and you just wonder <coughs> how, how he's been able to put mm. this all together. Uh, and then there was a, a woman who also stood out to me, uh, the black woman. The oldest person on the jury is a six-year-old black woman. And when Eric Nelson asked her if she believed Black Lives Matter, she said, well, I'm black and I believe my life matters. So there, there is this all incredible lives mixed bag among this jury. It's 420, uh, all again, lives matter. That's one of the stunning things about this verdict coming so quickly is that these people from all walks of life, from generational differences to racial differences, even internationally, because two of the black men uh, are people who immigrated to the United States. They have all have come uh, to some accord, the same accord, whatever way it goes. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, Rhonda. Um, Eugene, you know, as as Rhonda was talking about uh, these jurors and, and their experiences, we heard in the jury selection process, some of them say they really valued the police, right? Some of them had relatives or friends who worked in the police forces. Um, people said they didn't want to defund the police. So let's talk about this really important point that Keith and others have emphasized, that in this trial, other officers testified and said, he is not like us in his actions. Uh, you know, how significant is that to you? Well, it's quite significant because it gave uh, jurors the opportunity to hear from this industry, these professionals that they respect, and remind them why, in fact, uh, so many of them think so highly of them. I think it's also worth noting that the prosecution uh, did not try to paint a broad brush of uh, policing and really leaned into the one bad apple defense uh, that a lot of activists and people from the Abolish the Police uh, movement uh, pushed back on. And so uh, it left jurors the opportunity to feel like that they could hold uh, Chauvin accountable without uh, just turning policing upside down on its head or just disrespecting this profession that many of them believe is, it has their best interest in mind um, according to what they have seen and experienced and, and just what they believe about um, policing in America in general. Yeah, in fact, Jerry Blackwell, uh, one of the prosecutors, Eugene, uh, said this is a pro-police prosecution. Um, we can see there now uh, some live images outside of the courthouse. You know, I go oh, to wow. For sort of There's a lot of people out so there. This evolving conversation in America about policing and race. Um, well, you see, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people, dude. There's a shitload of people. Let's take this away for a second. Whoa. That's a lot of people. They're getting ready for some fucking shit to go down. For sure. Holy shit, man. It's a lot of people, dude.
can be held accountable in uh, outside of their training and using excessive force. I mean, again, you had high definition video. People watched this video in their home last year because everybody's home during the pandemic. And it was played over and over and over in the audio. People watched it and watched it. So this was, became very emotional for a lot of people. Because of that, and because of the number of police officers who testified against one of their own, this really is going to be a benchmark case when it comes down to whether or not police officers can be held accountable for excessive force. Mm. Uh, Eugene, over to you uh, as we reflect on what Keith just said. Um, in uh, the shooting of Dante Wright, you know, we saw right away uh, officials come out in, in Minnesota and uh, uh, release the body cam footage, talk about what happened, and charges filed. Um, what do you make of that as part of this bigger picture process of holding police accountable? Well, in response to the killing of uh, Dante Wright, it was very clear when you listen to the city officials that they are aware uh, that they have a relationship problem, a trust problem, a public relations problem, not just with the black community, but with communities more broadly. As you know, Dante Wright's mother is white. Uh, as you heard in the interviews we just saw on the ground, there were white women speaking out against their concerns about uh, police violence against black people. And so we are seeing some police officers try to take steps initially uh, to communicate that they hear the cries of residents, opposed to immediately being on the defense, dismissing ideas like uh, implicit bias, and just the other issues that have arisen in the past few years that have revealed that this is actually a problem. Uh, what will happen after this, after this moment, because as you noted, there will be an appeal, uh, it's not clear and remains to be seen whether or not this awareness is going to translate into changed behavior, new policies and actions, um, and a reversal of so many of the things that we've seen in the past that have communicated to people uh, that when law enforcement officers hear these cries, they do more than just... Okay, sir, please, it. I'll, I'll follow you. Uh, as we watch to see uh, these, uh, these charges, how they how they okay, uh, sir, out, please, how the jury decides. I'll follow you. Let's talk about the process here that we anticipate. We know that Derek Chauvin and his attorney have arrived at the courthouse, according to the full reports. Uh, Sorry about that. The foreperson of the jury uh, to uh, to be the one to sort of interact. We haven't seen these people on camera, of course. What do we expect here? Yeah, Libby, we expect that the you know the, the jury is not going to stick around. You know, some cases the jury will speak to the media afterwards. Uh, all indications are because of the the sensitivity of the case uh, and because of the nature of the jurors that we're not going to have that kind of an experience. There has been some indication that we may hear from the a member of the Floyd family. Wow, this is or, fucking crazy. Uh, Keith Ellison, the Minnesota Attorney General. Uh, there is a desire. Uh, by it's a Jeff lot of Hale people to, out there. Have some of that happen indoors rather than outdoors because of the potential safety risk. So you could have a, a situation where people are sort of like speaking in the courtroom. Uh, it's it's you know one of the reasons that they we had you know kind of this announcement that the jury had reached the decision was obviously so that the defendant 
could come back, but also so that they could send home the people who work in the Hennepin County uh, government building there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of anecdotal reports of people streaming out of uh, the Twin Cities, a lot of nervousness, uh, people kind of on edge, worried that there won't be uh, justice in this case. Uh, and, and you're seeing a lot of uh, police mobilization, not just in Minneapolis, but in big cities around the country, including Washington and New York, uh, as, as law enforcement uh, is very on edge about potential fallout from the verdict. And James, uh, law enforcement has had a, some decisions to make about how big of a presence to have and if it can ultimately backfire and do more harm than good. Uh, so let's talk about that as well as what this day means to the Minneapolis police chief, Chief Aaron Dondo, who of course took the stand in this trial and is now having to sort of make sure his city gets through this safely. Yeah, oh, wow. so yeah, for on, sure. On Look how many people are there. It is really interesting. The Oakland police chief in the last few minutes had a, a news conference and basically pleaded with people not to loot uh, tonight, uh, saying, you know, these are Please local don't black businesses. Don't make them uh, suffer uh, the way that you did last summer. We'll help protect your protests. Just keep us abreast of what you're doing. Uh, and then in a place like New York, you're seeing, you know, a lot of reports of police helicopters that are mobilizing. Yeah, but just give them some joints in New York. It's legal now. It's legal. In Minneapolis. Happy 420. He actually amazingly has testified against two officers. He became police chief in 2017 after uh, one of the officers on the force who uh, was actually black shot a white woman uh, from Australia. It was a, it caused a big local outcry. He was charged with murder. Uh, the, the chief's predecessor resigned kind of under pr pressure from the mayor. Uh, he testified against that officer at trial and has been trying to improve the department's image in the community. This has been obviously a big setback for those efforts, but uh, he's pretty highly thought of by civil rights leaders. One of the things in talking to local Minneapolis leaders is thinking if there is going to be violence, how do you tamp it down? Who are the local community leaders, whether it's sports stars or pastors? Uh, you know, it's not going to be politicians or law enforcement in all likelihood uh, who can who can urge calm, the Floyd family themselves, uh, who can who can lower the temperature if there's a, a verdict that the that the community is unhappy with. Well, if you're just joining us, we're watching the Hennepin County Courthouse now where any moment the jury will announce its verdict. And the jury is deciding whether Derek Chauvin will be found guilty on any of the three charges he faces in the killing of George Floyd. The charges are second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. We will bring this to you live as soon as it happens. We're on watch right now with our Washington Post team uh, discussing the last few weeks of the trial and what has gotten us to this moment. Uh, Mary Beth Albright, let's go to you to review for us again sort of the severity of these charges and how they're different. Sure, Libby. Um, I, I go back to that um, chart that the prosecution put together and the different elements um, because it really reflected both um, the complaint that was filed, the prosecution filed against Derek Chauvin um, back at the beginning uh, a, a year ago. Um, and, and it also reflects the judge's uh, instructions to the jury before the closing statements yesterday. Um, these three charges are different from each other. Um, they all require that um, the, the cause of death was Derek Chauvin's actions. And I, and I feel that that was one of the, um, the real 
arguments and the and the, the topics that all of the witnesses turned around. You know, when you saw the prosecution and all those witnesses that they brought in, all of the experts that, they, that came in um, who talked about the cause of, of uh, George Floyd's death, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and you know, the, all the different ways um, that he could have died. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of it was, if you remember, the autopsy said that it was, um, that it was cardiac arrest, but also on it, there was something about uh, lack of oxygen. And so I think that really the defense was trying to pull on that thread um, in the autopsy about cardiac arrest, because you saw that uh, when the defense brought its medical experts on, um, I believe that they had two, um, that they were really focused on all of the other ways that George Floyd could have died. Because of course, the prosecution has to have one story and stick to it, right? That it was the cause of death, George, that Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck for almost nine and a half minutes was the cause of death. Now the defense's job is to poke holes into that story and present the infinite other possibilities that exist in the world that could have been the cause of death. It could have been his blocked arteries. They brought in evidence of his blocked arteries. I believe one of them was 90% blocked, right? Um, they went as far as to say it could have been the carbon monoxide that, that might have been coming out of the, the exhaust pipe that out of a car that might have been on. We don't even know if the car was on. Um, All right, so on Sprecher, the podcast is going to end on Sprecher, and I'm going to do a part two because... and. They said they were supposed to be back at 4 p.m., but they're not. It's like almost 5 p.m. now. So, once once the podcast ends on Sprecher, I'll do another one. And, um, go back to being live again. You can still hear it in the background anyways. But, yeah, this is pretty wild, man. This is pretty wild. A lot of people are out there. This is pretty historic, and it has to be on 420. Part one of the podcast on Sprecher is going to be done in 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 ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. One. Streaming only on Peacock. John Wayne Gacy, killed 32. Straight from the killer's mouth. They want you to believe that I alone committed these murders. The new gripping six-part documentary series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Sun, surf, and seduction collide as four Americans return to exotic islands hoping their sexy romances can turn into forever. Love and Paradise, The Caribbean, a 90-day story. Streaming now only on Discovery+. Plus. Start your free trial. Terms apply. Streaming only on Peacock. John Wayne Gacy killed 32. Straight from the killer's mouth. They want you to believe that I alone committed these murders. The new gripping six-part documentary series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Streaming only on Peacock. What do you know about Dr. Dunch? He was charming, intelligent. My patients mean everything to me. Based on the unbelievable true story. I can't make sense of it. Dunch has two deaths that we know of. The state of Texas has executed people for less. It's like he knew what he was supposed to do. Then he did the exact opposite. Dr. Death, starring Joshua Jackson, 
with Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin. I am going to fix you. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. All right, um, part two, so talking the culture war. Knee on the neck can still be the cause of death, even if there are other factors involved. Part two of Talking the Culture War, a podcast on Sprecher. Derek Chauvin verdict. We're going to see what happens here. Not just from Judge Cahill, but also in the written instructions, which were the ones that were read by Judge Cahill, and from the prosecution. I, I think all three of those together um, were very clear. And, of course, that is critical because all three of the charges depend on causing death. If Chauvin didn't cause the death of George Floyd, then he's not guilty, period. So that finding of cause of death by the jury is essential. And clearly, Mary Beth, they didn't have questions about it because they haven't uh, put forth jury notes. We were sort of waiting and watching to see if they would. It's always a little dangerous to read too much into the jury notes because they could ask something like, what is reasonable doubt? And that could mean that the jury is deciding there is no reasonable doubt or there is significant reasonable doubt. So you can't read too much into those notes, but they but they can leave some, some breadcrumbs. In this case, the jury had no notes. Instead, uh, the first we've heard is that they have a verdict, and we are watching now uh, to see how this jury has decided in the case of Derek Chauvin. Let's go to Hannah Jewell, our national reporter who is outside the Hennepin County Courthouse where uh, people are gathering. Hannah, what's it like there now? Hi, Libby. I got here just about an hour ago, maybe less, and in that time, probably thousands of people have convened on this grassy circle, this park in front of the Hennepin County Courthouse, the government center. Behind me, activists have been leading chants. A gentleman who actually was uh, leading protests in Brooklyn Center over the last few days was uh, leading chants behind me before, as he said, I don't need the Hennepin County Government Center to tell me if my life matters. He's been saying, uh, leading chants of, if George don't get it, shut it down and Derek Chauvin guilty. So there's thousands of people here and really a big mix of, of types of people. I've seen a few families actually. There's a few, I spoke to a family who brought their 10 year old son. They said they live just a block away from where I am right now. And they said they've had a very weird year and that they wanted their son, uh, Brookston, who's 10 years old, to, to witness what was happening. They said they were gonna be here uh, to, to see, to feel that it was historic so they can explain to him what has happened in his city. Um, I've, I've actually seen uh, people who are grilling. The, the smell of barbecued meats are wafting over this whole protest right now, this whole gathering, uh, from the Twin Cities uh, Relief Initiative, who said they were here to serve the people and feed the people. They're organized over the last year to uh, bring food to these community gatherings like this. So we're going to keep talking to people, certainly a feeling of, if not tension, then great expectation ahead of this verdict. Libby? Thanks so much, Hannah Jewell, live in Minneapolis. Um, Keith, uh, of course, there's so much anticipation right now, but soon we will have resolution, and and we'll just see really you know, what that resolution Certainly looks a feeling like. Of, if it, if, if not it, tension, then great expectation. Thank you, uh, thank you, Nitrous Nine, for the two ice creams. Um, Keith, uh, of Jim course, there's so much anticipation right now. So one of the things I'm definitely going to be watching for is if there is let's say, a, a not guilty verdict on all three charges, you know, people will take to the streets, right? We saw people taking to the streets last summer. The majority of those demonstrations were peaceful. And no, they weren't. Let's, let's, let's You're, this guy's an idiot. The majority mm -hmm. of the Black Lives Matter protests that erupted as a result of the death of this guy's an idiot. Of Memorial Day weekend of last year, the majority of them were peaceful. Bullshit. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Individuals mm -hmm. who are going to use the crowd 
as cover to loot, to break into businesses and what have you. But they are looting. They are not usually part of the demonstration. So you have two Bullshit, man. groups of individuals, and it's usually the, the people who are trying to break the law who are using the peaceful people out there demonstrating as a cloak to do illegal activities. I definitely wouldn't make that point. And also it's very interesting, and kind of going back to what was always said, one of the things that really jumped out at me as someone who's covered murder cases is that usually jurors want a better interpretation or have questions about the autopsy report, about what the medical examiner said, because oftentimes you don't have people on a jury with a medical background. So they wanted clarification on a few points. That wasn't done here. No one had any questions about what the medical examiner or all of these medical experts said. And that, to me, is really striking, that everyone seems to be on the same page. It was clear, no matter what, as to what the medical examiner and all these various medical experts on both sides had to say. That, to me, is very telling. We expect this verdict momentarily. Uh, we will, of course, go to the courthouse uh, as soon as, uh, as we are uh, told that uh, the verdict is imminent. Courtroom uh, 1856 has been the center of our focus for these past weeks. The trial has lasted a little over three weeks, but the jury selection process began in early March, and it's gone even farther back than that because uh, uh, questionnaires went out to the jury back in December to start screening people to serve on this jury. Uh, James, it, it is a reminder of the remarkable power of the judicial branch and the judicial system that 12 people decide this verdict that has even the president of the United States nervous, James. Yeah, and Kamala Harris also weighing in in the last few minutes saying, you know, no, no verdict will heal the pain for the Floyd family or for the, the centuries of racism and discrimination in this country. Clearly, everyone on edge. To your point, you know, Keith's great point on, uh, on, on them not asking for more details about the medical examiner. There is a nurse uh, who's on the jury and in these sorts of jury deliberations, usually when there is someone who's kind of more of a subject matter expert, they kind of do emerge as sort of a respected voice on the jury of, you know, help explain how would this work. And, uh, and, and those kinds of people or someone, you know, who's familiar with how policing works might end up being a voice. That's why a lot of times you actually have lawyers on both sides strike those kinds of uh, voices so that they don't emerge as, as too powerful on the jury, but ultimately this is the beauty of our system is it's 12 peers of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. It's a, an incredibly diverse jury. It's a lot younger uh, than you would typically expect in a jury pool. And they were closely scrutinized. As you mentioned, they got this questionnaire. It was 17 pages that they had to fill out. Then they had to come in and be questioned by the lawyers on both sides and the judge. Uh, so a carefully selected jury. And it's a it's a, a kind of a, a mix of people. And it was interesting yesterday as Jerry Blackwell closed, the prosecutor, uh, he kind of compared the jury to the potpourri of humanity in his terms, uh, who gathered by fate uh, as Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd for nine and a half minutes. And that it was this assemblage of people from well, it was a lot of people there, of life, different races and fate brought them to this street corner of 38th and Chicago. Similarly, fate has brought, these 12 jurors, uh, two alternates, were dismissed yesterday who now have the fate of Derek Chauvin in their hands. Mm. 
Rhonda, as James was talking about those jurors, you know, uh, we did hear that there is this a white woman who's in her 50s who's a nurse. We saw her screened uh, by uh, both sides as well as the judge. And one thing that was asked of these jurors was, you know, if you have expertise knowledge, there's a chemist, there's a nurse, can you set aside what you may be thinking and sort of the conclusion that you might come to for what the experts are telling you and the evidence that you're seeing? But of course, they still bring their authentic selves, Rhonda, and, and their life experiences to their service on this journey. Their lived experience. Yeah, their lived experience. They're so, so woke. So woke. Their lived experience. Here we go with their lived experience again. He said she could, but it is hard for you know, anybody to table their, their life's experiences, their profession uh, for a few days or a few weeks. Um, and I think we see Judge Cahill soon. All right, let's uh, go to Judge Cahill now in the courtroom. Thanks so much, Ron. Finally. Here's the verdict coming. This is live, everybody. This is huge. Shit. You feel the tension in the air right now. I understand you have a verdict. the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1. Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. His verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.45 oh, p.m. Wow. Signed by jury four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th oh, day of April wow. 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. 
Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yeah. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yeah. Wow, he's going away for Juror a long time. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Are these your verdicts, so say you one, so say you all? Yes. yes. Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. Wow. What I'm gonna ask you to do now is to follow the deputy back into your usual room and I will join you in a few minutes to answer questions and to advise you further. So all rise for the jury. Oh wow, later Derek Chauvin. You go you're going you're going to prison for a long time, man. Yeah, Nitrous Nine, you might you, you might be right that he might have a shot on appeals, but wow. He's gone. With the guilty verdicts returned, we're going to have uh, Blakely, you may file a uh, written argument as to Blakely factors within one week. The court will issue findings on the Blakely factors, the factual findings, one week after that. We'll order a PSI immediately, returnable in four weeks. And we will also have a wow. briefing on, after you get the PSI, Six weeks from now, and then eight weeks from now, we will. This is really that. crazy, man. We'll get you the exact dates uh, in a schedule. This guy's going away for a long time. Is there a motion on behalf of the state? Uh, we will move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentencing. Bail is revoked, bond is discharged, and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the Hennepin County Sheriff. Anything further? All right. Thank you. The breaking news of a verdict that will make an imprint on American history. You're watching the wow. Post special report. Let's recap the verdict and the headlines on the charge of second-degree unintentional murder. The jury found Derek Chauvin guilty. Yep. On the charge of third-degree murder, the jury found Derek Chauvin guilty. Yep. And on the charge of second-degree manslaughter, the jury found Derek wow. Chauvin guilty. Wow. So, Holy shit. Okay, so don't riot. Don't riot. Right away. He's uh, guilty. Don't riot. Smoke pot. Face as he's wearing his mask and that of his lawyer. You can see there are people gathered outside the courthouse embracing and cheering on what they see as an act of justice. Uh, this case was unique in that what's thought of wow. as the wall fell. Members of law enforcement, a person who trained Derek Chauvin, the chief of police of Minneapolis, testified against him and testified against his actions. Uh, we did not see the jury. We do not know their names. They are anonymous until the judge decides it is safe to reveal who they are. But these 12 men and women, these 12 Minnesotans, have decided that Derek Chauvin is guilty of murder. As wow. we watch the reaction outside the courthouse, let me bring in my guests, starting with Rhonda Colvin. Rhonda, you have covered this trial from day one from the jury selection. Well, wow, all these people What's look really happy. Well, again, history. History is what comes to mind. We have to remember that uh, for an officer to even come to trial over uh, a police misconduct issue, uh, a police killing, police violence, 
that is so he was guilty on all charges. And then on top of that, it's not usual for his bosses and the chief of police to testify against him and say what he did was wrong. And then on top of that, we now have uh, the jury finding him guilty on all three counts, doing it swiftly. Again, we left here uh, last night around this time. This is less than 24 hours since the closure of this case that this jury has uh, given uh, three guilty verdicts. So this is historical on many measures. It was historical even before this because I've, I've said it again and again on uh, our coverage that the video uh, that existed that showed this act from multiple angles is not typical and I've covered police violence uh, for years and it, this is not typical so, so that was historical in its own right but these other layers having other officers speak against Derek Chauvin and now have wow say he was guilty on all three accounts are, are just it's phenomenal and I'm looking at the faces of the people in the crowd there you see tears um, so this is like not only a win, like this is a win culturally. Now that this saga is over, what's going to be the next thing now? Because you know there's going to be something next. There's always going to be something next that's going to come. It's just not over. She's like looking backwards from everybody else or some shit. Like, I don't even know what's going on here. They're all celebrating in their own way, I guess. They're all celebrating in their own way. So, Derek Chauvin is going to prison for a long time. He is a murderer. Um... That's just the bottom line. Because justice said so. And that's it. So, justice for George Floyd. Justice served. So now, no riots. Everybody's going to smoke weed now. Let's smoke weed. Happy 420. Let's not even get into the gist of talking about appeals or anything like that. Go out and smoke a joint with your fellow man and woman and go eat some good food and go and go prosper because that's it. No rioting, no looting. This shit is all going to be bullshit. If that stuff happens and that's fucking ridiculous, then 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 it was all for nothing. Like uh, rioting and looting. Like, if that's your piece, then you're a piece of shit. Do what, do what you do on 420. Smoke some weed right there. Get high as fuck. Get some wax, get some joints. Get some good food and celebrate. Because the left totally proved the right wrong now. Derek Chauvin is a murderer. Doesn't matter what kind of drugs George Floyd had in the system, Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. That's what the that's what the jury's final verdict is. And that's it. So celebrate, smoke a joint, get some good food, hang out with your friends, have a good time. It's four twenty. Celebrate the holiday.
Because this was the big thing that was really going on today. You know? Doesn't matter if you're right. Doesn't matter if you're wrong. Because obviously we know we, the, 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 the jury has announced who was wrong. And that was it. There's there's nothing else but to have a good time. It's 420. Maybe this is a good day. They, they did this so people would get high as fuck. You know? And to me, that seems like a good thing, you know? To me, that seems like a damn good thing. For sure. Who, who wouldn't think that would be a good thing, you know? I, I think this is a great thing, man. Let's just get some peace on, bro. That's about it. You know, there's nothing else. There's nothing else left to say about this topic, you know? So let's hear what Washington Post has said. And regardless of even economic background or what have you. Let's go to Hannah Jewell, our national reporter who is live outside of the courthouse where the verdict was just read. Hannah. Hi, Libby. There was a very emotional reaction the moment that a man yelled out the word guilty and everyone erupted. And in emotion, I saw people crying um, and people set off on a march in the streets of Minneapolis already. And I'm here with Nay, who's a member of Visual Black Justice, a Minneapolis-based group. Uh, Nay, tell me how that moment felt for you. Um, I think I was just speechless. Uh, it was a mix of emotions. I was relieved. I was happy. I'm still sad. I'm still mourning. Um, there's just a lot of mixed emotions right now, but I think that the best way I can describe it right now is that we just finished the preliminary round of the track meet. We're going into the finals now. We're not done. The work doesn't finish with just this one case, but... What happens next then? What do you do? You take a moment to celebrate what the verdict that you wanted. I think um I think we take a, a moment, but it's a moment. Um, this is not something that's gonna stop because we got this one verdict. Um, I think that the relief that we feel for some of us as activists and organizers is enough that that we're ready to keep going. But I think um I think that we are gonna be happy. We can go to sleep tonight in peace, and we don't have to worry about our city. We don't have to worry about you know another failed case um but the work still starts tomorrow when we wake up we our demands don't end here um we want to reopen all the other cases in minnesota we want to end qualified immunity and those things are things that take time they take persistence they take you know patience and it takes it takes teamwork and it takes um it takes not giving up and pushing forward regardless can i ask if you're expecting this verdict um, I feel like a lot of people in the BIPOC community and the black community were cautiously optimistic. We were um, pessimistically optimistic. We did not, we were hoping for the best, but expecting to have things be more the same old. Um, with it not, with it being guilty though, uh, it just, it sets a precedent. Um, it sets a new, it turns a new page. Um, it does show police officers specifically that you you can and will be held accountable um and we will apply the proper peaceful um pressure for that to happen we we're not gonna just let a badge and a gun let murder be okay it's not 
it's not acceptable and we won't accept it. So I think this is really a good example of what community looks like. I think that we have a bunch of very fearless black women leaders out there, Athena and Tay are mine at Visual Black Justice. And I could not have been more proud to stand by their side. I will keep standing by their side and we'll keep fighting this fight because it's not over. Thanks so much, Nate. What are you gonna do now? Um, we're gonna go celebrate for a little bit, regroup, and uh, there's more to come because Visual Black Justice doesn't take a break. So. All right, thanks so much. As you can hear, there are horns uh, honking around me and people chanting George Floyd and, and starting to march and, and a lot of people just crying, Libby. All right, Hannah Jewell, thank you so much live for us in Minneapolis. So, you can are see we, the live images there. so are we going to have riots? I hope not. The jury has found Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts. You can see there second yep, all murder, three counts. third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. He was remanded into custody. Let's go to Mary Beth Albright for more on, on, on what cemented this case. You know, we heard Keith talk about this overwhelming video evidence, not just the, the bystander video that became so famous from Darnella Frazier, but so many other videos as well, Mary Beth, body cam footage, security footage. Um, Mary Beth, what do you see as uh, the defining elements that showed the jury Derek Chauvin was guilty? Uh, well, it's interesting, Libby, because when we when, when we go back to those those elements that we talked about, the um, the the different uh, the the cause the causation that we discussed um, that with the cause of death. Sorry, I see my dog so, going around. So I was completely wrong about this whole thing because I thought Chogun was going to be not guilty. So I was wrong. He's guilty of murder. He's a murderer. So, he's going to prison for a long time. So, people guess I'm wrong about things. And sometimes I need to open up my mind and look a little bit closer and stop thinking about this culture war routine as we go through it as well. Um, it's 420. Chauvin got, it's a guilty verdict. It's 420, 2021. So smoke some weed, have a good time with your fellow man and woman, your family, your friends. Time to bury the hatchet. Bury the hatchet, you know? So, people are going to celebrate. It's going to be a good time. You know, it's 420. I want myself some good food myself, you know. Maybe cook myself some good steaks. I took them out. And, um, yeah. You know, it should it should be a good time. Um, so, let me see here. So, I mean, I don't got much to say. I mean, people are celebrating. And maybe I'm going to be on another podcast later on today. That could be happening. It is 420. 
it is time to celebrate and talk with more people. They probably do want to talk about this, as I saw it live. Um, so, let's see. Let's see. This is pretty odd, man. This is pretty odd, man. You know? So, let's see what's going to happen. Maybe I'll play some video games soon and just do a video game stream. Wow, people are throwing money in the air. What is that? Why are people throwing money in the air? What the fuck is going on? People are literally throwing money in the air. Someone's throwing money in the air. Is BLM throwing money in the in, in the crowd? What is going on here? Whoa, holy shit. It's more related to whether the officers should have intervened with this veteran of the force. Somebody's the throwing money. What the fuck is going on? The community of Minneapolis, this is not over. Uh, there's going to be an appeal. There's going to be these other trials, sentencing. And so the, the and DeWante Wright, that officer who uh, fatally shot him, is going to be tried. So this is in, what in is ways, going on uh, here? Who are these people? The beginning of this summer uh, of of trauma for a lot of people in the Twin Cities. Let's go to Minneapolis, where reporter Joyce Co joins us now from outside Cup Foods. Joyce. Hey, Libby. There is a lot going on. Put right that here. money right uh, here. What the fuck? We are right outside of Cup Foods, where. Uh, there is a memorial that has been formed around the site where George Floyd lost his life. And I'm joined by Megan and BJ, two Minneapolis residents who came here. Uh, what, what brought you out here? Was it after you heard the verdict? Were you prepping to hear the verdict at this location? Um, yeah, basically once we heard that they were going to be actually um, announcing it today, we just wanted to kind of come out because I was honestly really afraid of what could be like a powder keg type of situation that could happen, but to see the relief and just the joy and, and everybody's having and to actually have some, some semblance of justice, it's, it feels like a new day in America. Megan, what is the significance of being at this location right now? How, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling very overwhelmed. There's a lot of energy, a lot of sadness, but it's a big celebration right now, and it's just an indescribable feeling to be here. BJ, how did you feel before today, before you knew what that verdict what is, was going to be? Someone is how yelling out in anger. From your expectations of what you thought, you know, was going to happen. I mean, to be honest, it was, uh, it, it, it felt like when it happened last year that, that it felt like this situation was different. But, you know, being, uh, you know, a black man, I, we, we've seen this so many times before. And honestly, I just hearken back to the uh, Rodney King situation where the same thing, everybody saw that very clearly and the cops still got off. And I was really afraid that it was going to be a similar situation, which is why I feel like it's today is different. It's something new in America. It's, it's actually recognizing black humanity. And I feel like that's that that might be a first step. That could so we should make 420 a national holiday, and and Megan, you could have George not, Floyd um, as the martyr. Really, the result that we see in a lot of these cases of uh, police brutality, of uh, use of force. Were you surprised at all to hear the verdict, guilty on all three counts? 
not surprised, I guess. I was really hopeful, and I guess just hopefully, you know, that I was hoping the jury would see, you know, what we clearly have all seen, and with the prosecution, I thought they did a really good job, and I wasn't super surprised, I guess. But. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I do want to ask you about a, a moment before this happened. Uh, there was money that was flying in the air and you guys actually got some of it. What did, uh, you know, what does this feel like? Is this, would you consider this a celebration? How do you sort of describe this feeling out here? This, this is a, this is a major celebration, honestly, because it, if this had have gone the other way, all you could do is pray for this city. And, you know, and this is a city that we, we all love that are here. Everybody that's from here loves this city. And it's, it, it's such a, a, a great day. It is a beautiful celebration. It started with relief, but honestly, it's, it hopefully it can catapult into something more in the future. BJ, Megan, thank you both so much and stay safe. Thanks. Thanks. I'll send things back to you, Libby. All right, Joyce Co. live outside Cup Foods where George Floyd lost his life. Uh, we are watching what's happening here and monitoring uh, statements and announcements coming out in the wake of the guilty verdicts, guilty on all charges. Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three counts. Um, you know, all right, so Rhonda, we just saw the Floyd family walk by a moment ago. Uh I'm going to end the stream because it's obviously a guilty verdict. Chauvin's going to prison. He's fucking done. He's a murderer. I was wrong. A lot of people are wrong. He's going to prison. He was a murderer. That's it. So I'm in the podcast, uh, talking to Culture War episode 41. Um, we're gonna talk. We're probably gonna do a gaming, gaming stream. Um, it's 4:20. It's time to be in peace. Go get some good food. I want to order some good food or something like that because it's 4:20. And um, yeah. Let's just have a great day, man. That's it. Give a joint to your fellow man and woman and have a great fucking day. Happy fucking 420, you know what I'm saying? Peace out. Streaming only on Peacock. John Wayne Gacy, killed 32. Straight from the killer's mouth. They want you to believe that I alone committed these murders. The new gripping six-part documentary series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. Streaming only on Peacock. What do you know about Dr. Dunch? He was charming, intelligent. My patients mean everything to me. Based on the unbelievable true story. I can't make sense of it. Dunch has two deaths that we know of. The state of Texas has executed people for less. It's like he knew what he was supposed to do. Then he did the exact opposite. Dr. Death. Starring Joshua Jackson with Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin. I am going to fix you. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock.